All right, how's everybody doing? Thank you so much for that beautiful love. I love you all so much, and um, I'm just so thankful for all of you. How many came excited to receive the Word of God today? I can feel the expectancy in the air, and um, I'm so glad that you're here. You know, I think sometimes it's hard to get here on Sundays, isn't it? The enemy fights so hard when it comes to coming to the house of the Lord. And um, this week, I don't know if I'm in the same boat with all of you or if this was just me. I just felt like there was such a strong mental attack from the enemy. Uh, has anybody this week had like these just this mental attack of the enemy, just these thoughts of, um, you know, just you know they're the enemy, you know, whether they're just self-destructive or... Um, self-loathing, lies from the enemy. You know, I just feel like there's just been this attack um, that is trying to wear down the believer, trying to get the believer out of the will of God, trying to get the, the believer in Christ to get into their emotions. And, you know, whenever you get into your emotions, you are 100% guaranteed to make the wrong decision. Let me say amen. And that's why the enemy comes in the realm of our mind, because if he can attack the mind, how we think is how we behave. And I have felt that attack this week, strong, personally. And I'm like, wow, God, if, if, I, if I'm being hit so hard from the enemy, number one, something great is coming. And number two, the body's probably being hit also. And so I, I'm going to do a, a message this morning called Recover Your Mind Back. It's time to get your mind back so that we're not on this merry-go-round of behavior. And you know, there's areas of our mind that the enemy has a foothold in where we have habits of thinking a certain way, self-destructive thoughts, you know, low self-esteem thoughts. You know, I've always said many times, we don't need the enemy, we have the inner me. The inner me is always talking to us, isn't it? And, and feeling like we don't meet up and, and, you know, maybe we're not doing what God wants us to do and all these lies of the enemy. And I can tell you, if the thoughts that you've been battling with have made you feel very small, you need to recognize those are from the enemy. Because God will never give you thoughts less than what his word says about you. So I just want to highlight that today, that if the enemy is making you feel small and insignificant or unsuccessful, or maybe your marriage is being attacked, finances being attacked, those are lies from the enemy, and God has just the opposite in store for you, amen? And we know the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, doesn't he? And we have power over him, we have authority over the enemy, but if we don't put a highlight on the areas that he's attacking us in, he can have control of our actions, and that's ultimately what he wants to get. He wants your actions to be opposite of the will of God. Come on, somebody. It's quiet. So I'm going to open up this morning in a scripture verse, Romans 12, 2. And this is such a great scripture verse. Let me just fix my mic a little or I'm going to be wrestling with it the whole time. Okay. It says this in Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. What does that mean? It, that word conform there means to be similar or identical. We are not to be conformed to the patterns of the world. The world will worry about many things. The world gets overwhelmed. The world suffers rejection. The, the world suffers no hope. But when you are in Christ Jesus, you have all the hope that you need. You have all the joy that you need. You have all the promises of God. And what's happening is the patterns of our mind are conforming to the things of the world instead of conforming to the things of the 
word. And we've got to recognize where those patterns are right now so that we can bring the truth of God's word to the pattern of our mind that's trying to get us to self-destruct or get out of the will of God. But it goes on to say, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have in our mind default thinking. We may have some good moments, we have some great breakthroughs, but when God is challenging us, when we're going to a new level, when we're having spiritual breakthrough, there is the default thinking that would try to get you to the place that you used to be or stay where you're at. Because God is always trying to get us to the next place. He's always trying to get us to the next level. And it's usually our thinking that keeps us right where we're at 20 years, 15 years, 5 years. And God wants us to change. The word says transform. It means look different, think different than the way that I'm thinking now by the renewing of my mind. God doesn't want you to remain where you're at today. He has new levels for you. He has new promises. He has new breakthrough. He has your dreams and your desires, but it's the thoughts of your mind that will cause you to self-destruct. What happens? That word conform means it's going to tell you how you should think. Your mind will tell you how you should act. Your mind will be the decision maker. Now, if you're in alignment to the word of God, and the promises of God's word, and you renewed your mind to this situation, that's a good thing. That's an active thing that's pushing you into the will of God. It's pushing you into the right decisions. Those thoughts don't always line up to what your circumstance looks like. If my thoughts were to line up to what situations look like, I would feel like God's not doing anything in my life sometimes. Is anybody else there? So you don't look at what you see. You don't look at how you feel to determine what God is doing. Because what you think and what you feel are going to be the lie, the opposite of exactly what God's doing. And that's the enemy's territory. That's his playground, is to mess with your mind, to cause your soulless realm to believe what you feel is real instead of what the word of God says about you and about the situation. We've got to bring those thoughts captive. We've got to change the way that we're thinking. God is bringing the church, his church, to another realm. God is bringing his church to another, taking more territory. And we as the believers cannot think the way that we're thinking to go into the new places he has for the church today. And that's in the economy. That's in who's ever running the government. That's in however your finances look like, whatever the world looks like. None of that is based on what God is doing. Even what's going on in Israel, none of that is based on what God is doing in this realm, this grand scheme of the plan of God. So we've got to shake it off, and you've got to recognize that what I'm battling with in my emotions is an assignment from the enemy. Let me just say that again. What you're battling with in your flesh is not what you see in the natural. It's an assignment from the enemy to keep you out of the will of God. And we're going to break this down today. Have you ever had irrational behavior? <laughs> so maybe I'm the only one. I could be just driving down the street, you know, and maybe somebody's not going as fast as I want them to go. And it could be this outrage, this road rage of like, what the heck are they doing? And don't they know I need to turn right? It's like this irrational behavior. Or you're just with your spouse and you're at home or having dinner and the one spouse thinks everything's good. 
But the other one's been going through some stuff. There's been some, you know, emotions. There's been some thoughts. There's been some things internally that you don't know about. And all of a sudden, they go from one to ten. And you're like, what the heck just happened? Right? It's irrational behavior. And when you are in this place of your emotions, you make irrational decisions. Irrational choices come out of your lifestyle. You start going and, and groping for things that satisfy the flesh and satisfy the emotions or satisfy the ego instead of allowing yourself to be satisfied by the word of God. We've got to be willing to break those patterns of our mindset in order to go to another place. And what happens is we think, well, what's wrong with me, God? You're doing it for everybody else. You're doing it for Sister Susie or Brother Joe. I don't know. Why isn't it working in my life? Why am I not having the breakthrough? Why am I not happy? Why am I struggling? It literally could go back to making the emotional decision to trust God at his word and not what you see. Because you can want something so bad, but if you don't change the way your mind thinks about it, the behavior and your answer will remain the same. And it's not how much you want to wish it away. It's not how much you, you want to be better. It's literally changing your thought process and getting that into alignment with the word of God. And we're going to talk a little bit about how to do that today. Because when you've got bad behavior, you ever trying to retrain a five-year-old that's had no boundaries? You retraining him? Is that what you just said? She's trying to retrain Pastor Lonnie. <laughs> just kidding. When that damage is done with that child who has learned how you, he can respond or she can respond to you, it's very hard to undo that child's behavior. You're going to have some fits of rage. You're going to have some kicking and screaming in the middle of Target. You're going to have some late nights trying to wrestle that behavior out of that child. Listen, to undo some of the patterns of your wrong thinking, you're going to have to wrestle that inner child that wants to default to that way of thinking. You're going to have to say, I'm going to renew it day by day. If it has to be moment by moment, I'm going to grab that thought captive, and I'm going to believe what God's word says about it, and I'm going to behave the way that God says that I should behave instead of what my circumstances want me to do or say. You ever just think, I'm going to be nice today? Like, I'm just going to be nice today. And everything comes out of your mouth is not nice. Ornery, you're agitated, you're mad at the world, you don't even know why you're mad at the world. You're not a normal cusser, but you're cussing today because you're just mad. Don't act like y'all don't cuss out there. It's got so religious in here, Pastor Paul. <laughs> you ever want to spend save money and you're like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save money, I'm gonna pay that credit card off, I'm gonna tithe, and you have all these intentions, and then the first sale that you see, girls. We are running on some shopping therapy. We're like, hallelujah, this was good for my soul. And God's like, maybe it was good for your soul, but it wasn't good for your goal to get out of debt. Right? So you can have all these great ideas. You're like, I want to trust God. I really want to trust him at his word. And I want to obey him and I want to be faithful. But you find yourself worrying all the time, wringing your hands all the time, getting offended all the time, aggravated all the time, Right? The one thing that we want, we have to decide that we're going to think different about that situation. 
And I'll show you here in just a little bit what that is. So why do we behave irrationally? I believe it's because we've got some spiritual wires crossed. If you ever get the wires crossed in your home, I have some outlets in my home. I have no idea what it does. It could be lighting something. I'm doing this. It could be the outside. I have no idea. Somewhere in my house, some wires have been crossed, and what I think should be working isn't working at all. And that's what we have to examine in our mind. We may think we're doing the right thing. We may think we're, we're you know, loving God or, or doing what we need to do, but somewhere wires are crossed because if what you're doing isn't working, it's not in alignment to what the Word of God says. There's wires crossed. It's affecting maybe your husband or your wife or your children, and I don't know what's going on. Well, there's a behavior on the inside of you, amen? And I can, I can um, look at Romans 7 and totally understand what Paul is saying. He says in Romans seven fifteen, I do not understand what I do. Why do I blow off the handle? Why do I want to quit and give up? Why am I afraid of relationships? Why am I terrified of commitment? Why do I do what I don't want to do for what I want to do? I do not do, but what I hate to do. Does anybody feel like Paul there? It's like you want to do the right thing. You want to honor God. You want to work on your marriage. You want to work on your health and your diet. But why am I not doing the things that I want to do, but I keep running to the cabinet for Oreo cookies? That is true. Why? Because the flesh wants what it wants. Our soul wants that gratification. Our soul's addicted to the emotions of what that thought makes us feel like. And we've got to reroute that. I want to do the right thing even when I don't want to do the right thing. Verse 16, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. So many of us are trying to live to the law. We're trying to get our lives all perfect and our ducks in a row, and I'm just going to live right, and I'm going I'm to you know, choose holiness, and I'm going to choose to tithe, and we're doing it with all of our conscious mind. But we've not got the revelation of what God's word says on the situation. So now we're bound to the law, and when you break the law, you can't fulfill it. What happens? We get off into sin. Because you can't fulfill the law. That's why we have the grace, say grace of God. The law and the perfect thinking is never going to align in your life. You're never going to have perfect thinking because your mind is an enmity of God. Your mind hates the things of God. Things of God. It's contrary. It'll fight you on the will of God. That's why we have to renew it to the word of God. So he says, I no longer do what I want to do. I agree the law is good, verse 17. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is the sin living in me. <clears throat> what does that mean? It's not sin to think wrong, but it's the thoughts, it's the emotions, it's the behavior that's living in you that's causing you to do what you don't want to do causing you to miss the mark, causing you to run towards depression. We don't run to it willingly, but there's something in the thought pattern that feels comfort in depression than in fighting the good fight of faith to find freedom. That may not sound compassionate, but compassion would keep someone suffering in a situation, whether it's addiction, pornography, lust, whatever it is, that would be perverted love to keep you in that thought pattern. Instead of to say, you got to fight the good fight of faith. 
You got to be what? Bring every thought captive. You got to transform the way that you think. You got to choose to say, I'm not going to have that behavior in my life anymore, or that symptom, or that emotion, or feeling alone and withdrawing myself. Anybody have that behavior? We'd rather be alone and withdraw than to get into community where God has called us to be together with one another. We have to transform that thinking to the word of God. And, and we keep transforming it until my behavior responds to my renewing the mind. Because it's going to take a minute, okay? So the, when you talk about the law, you're delivering one who is struggling. The law only brings continual struggling, right? But what can the law do? It brings to my conscious in my life, um, brings to my conscious what I need to bring captivity to, and it makes me powerless to produce holiness in my life when I'm trying to line up to the law. You can't do it through your own strength. You can't do it through your own willpower. You have to do it through the word of God. It's not making a decision, I'm not gonna behave that way, I'm not gonna respond that way, that's not enough. You have to retrain yourself, amen? To the word of God. So what is sin? It means to make a mistake. It means to wander from the path. Every one of us, if we were honest, have made emotional decisions in this room. Or am I the only one? Don't raise your hands. We've all made wrong decisions. We've all made decisions out of our emotions. We've all made financial decisions that we probably regretted. That's where the grace of God, you've missed the mark, so what? Get it under the grace of God. Wherever you're at today and you're thinking, get it under the grace of God or the devil will have the steering wheel of your life because what you think is where you're gonna go and you might as well put the devil under your feet immediately or you're gonna have to fight your way out of that battle to win the war in your mind, recovering your mind back. I know as a single woman, I have learned in my life, I don't allow loneliness to even creep in for a second. If you're single in here, you understand what I'm saying. If you're married in here, you probably understand what I'm saying. Because only Jesus can be the fulfillment of that love, amen? But I, I just, I recognize it. I'll see a couple, and you know, you just think everybody's happy in relationships, and I pray to God you are, and probably most are, but we also know relationship has its issues, huh? You gotta, you gotta work that together. But I've learned that when I allow that emotion of loneliness and, and why hasn't God done that in my life and all these things, it takes territory. It takes residence in my soul. And what happens now, the enemy makes sure everything of what I'm feeling is true. He puts it in front of me. So whatever you're battling with in that mind, you feel rejected, you don't feel loved, whatever that is, the enemy will make sure when that's in the seat of your emotions, he will make sure that truth is right in front of you. So you're like, see? Yep, see? It's never going to change, never going to be different. God's never going to perform that in my life. And we start believing the lie of the enemy instead of coming in alignment to the will of God. And fight the good fight of faith through those emotions. Because listen, God has so much in store for your life. His will for you, he wants more for you than you want for yourself, I promise you. He wants you to have a happy marriage. He wants you to find the right helpmate. He wants you to be financially successful. But we won't attain those things until we align it to the word of God. Amen? bringing that thought captive. Otherwise, what happens when we have the wrong thoughts? We get into self-destructive behavior. 
and the very thing that we want over here, by our wrong thinking, we end up way over here. And you're like, but God, I wanted that. And God's like, well, your thought here made this wrong decision. And your emotions here made this emotional decision. And all of a sudden, you find yourself so far away from where God sees you and where God has graced you to be. You know, there's a grace for the season that you're in. Instead of trying to get into a different season, how many know, sometimes we just want to get into the next season. Come on, Lord, bring the next season. I'm kind of getting itchy feet here. I don't like where I'm at. I'm not comfortable. And God's like, just chill. I'm doing a work in you. I'm doing a work in my will. I'm working everything out for your good. I've got people that have, I'm putting your name in their ears. Don't worry about it. Just rest, amen. Get those emotions into alignment. So we talked a little bit last week about neural pathways. I'm not going to talk a lot about that today, but there's one trillion pathways in your brain. And what happens is every thought that you experience, it creates a new pathway in your brain. So if that's a good pathway, praise God. You're going to have a great marriage. You'll be prosperous. You'll create businesses. You'll do all the will of God because you've trained your mind to think the positive things. But on the other side, when you're constantly thinking the negative, you're creating a brain, a thought process in your brain that now becomes your default thinking. And you've got to rewire that. Remember, we talked about the rewiring. That's why you want to be here, but you end up here because your wiring is not straight. You've got to get those thoughts and start thinking, like training your mind to think the right things. You have to train your mind. You think of uh, physical training, like working out and stuff, you know? Some people do that. <laughs> I need to be better at it. Sometimes I am in the gym. But I, if you talk to people who are working out, it's not just about the exterior of the weight training. It is mostly the diet. It's what they put in their body that creates the change in their outward appearance. It's what they're eating or not eating, no sugar, no carbs, right? All the good things to build protein. You talk to most bodybuilders, it, yes, they do the exterior. Yes, we have to do our conscious thinking and, and do the natural, but it's more what I'm putting inside of me that creates the change on the outside of me. Too many of us are trying to change the outside. What are you putting on the inside? What are you feeding your soul with? Life, hope, joy, positive relationships, good friendships, laughter. Like look at what the input is and you'll be surprised why you're getting that kind of output. And all we're doing is doing these religious acts and you're like, I'm tired, I'm getting weary. Yeah, you will because you won't see much results if you just do the outside change. You've got to change the inside of yourself. If you want to walk in purity, single people, you better change the inside of yourself. Because I'm telling you, especially today, everything in the world will yell, it's okay to be in sexual immorality. It's okay to have sexual identity crisis. It's okay to be what you want. No, there is a pathway through the word of God. And until you rewire that brain of yours to say, I'm going to live righteous, I'm going to live pure, I'm going to find out what the Word of God has to say on this situation. Listen, I don't walk as a, a pastor, single woman, in purity because I just made some exterior decision. No, because I could do all the secret sin that I want. I can promise you I'm not. 
Because I made a decision at 17, I'm going to rewire this young girl to think the things of God, to think the things of purity. So I'm going to make an internal decision to walk in purity. And then my external will always follow suit. The Bible says that Daniel, when the young men were brought into the, the king's temple to learn their ways, the Bible says that he prepared himself in advance that he would not be defiled by the king's delicacies. You have to prepare in advance before the failure of your soul. Not just talking sexual immorality, I'm talking everything. We all fail in some way. You better get that mind renewed on the inside of you so that when temptation comes, when self-destruction behavior comes, I'm already in alignment with God. And now that temptation has, it, does, it can't touch me. Because I already know what God says he has for me. I already know my strength and the word of God. Amen? God doesn't play favorites. He says, I'm, I have no respecter as a person. What he wants to do for one, he will do for the other. But we've got to change what's happening on the inside of us. We've got to change that behavior. I'm going to have Titus put up this graphic on the screen. So what do we have to do? We have... Uh, the iceberg graphic. What we have to do is, we have our, oh, it's so tiny, I'll do my best. You have your conscious mind, and your conscious mind is what you know, what you see, all the things in the natural. I, I may have to turn around to see some of these words, right? Your conscious mind is your willpower. It's your behavior. It's your plans. It's your goals. It's, your conscious mind is everything that you want, and I believe that everyone here today, you want the goodness of God. You want to walk in purity. You want to walk in a good marriage. You want to walk being blessed coming in and blessed going out. Amen? But that all happens on the conscious level. But in your subconscious is where decisions are made. It's where you begin to act out of default. And that's the part of your mind that God says to renew because you can have all these grand ideas on the surface, but if you don't change what's working inside of here, your default will always go back to your soulish realm. So what is in this subconscious realm? Your personal beliefs. Why well, didn't have a good mother? I had an absent father. I was raised in poverty. Are all those true? Yes. That's the personal belief. But is that true to what God says about you? No. You've got to change that. Why do you keep defaulting? Because you aren't changing your mind. Cultural beliefs, that's a huge barrier. Fears, habits, memories, resistance to change, all these things in your subconscious have to be renewed by the word of God. If you want to attain, you know, the good actions, the good behavior, the business plan, the great marriage, raising wonderful children, you have to change what's here. Amen. Otherwise, what happens, your subconscious will always lead you to your actions. Just like Paul said, that's not what I wanted. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do this. It's that battle of what's going on on the inside of him versus what he wants, what he knows God wants for his life. Amen? My little dog, Maverick, I don't know if any of you have met Maverick, 
But there's a be- Maverick one day had this choking spell at ha- my home. He, just, he was gagging and choking. I'm like trying to Google, you know, Heimlich remover, uh, maneuver on my dog. And he was getting all this attention and love. And oh my gosh. And, and, and all of a sudden, I noticed like after he came down from his episode, he's over there choking again. I'm like, oh my God, did he do it again? And then all of a sudden, he, he's totally started faking choking. <laughs> I'm like, this dog. He faked it like it, because he got all this behavior from me. A dog learned psychology. He learned that if he made this choking noise, there was going to be a response from mommy of all this love and all this affirmation. So many of us have a learned behavior. I may get attention. It may be negative attention, but I got it. It's a learned behavior. I feel rejection. See, everybody rejects me. No, it's a learned behavior. You think that's the response of people, and it's not the true response. You have to change your level of your subconscious. You have to believe that people love you. I confess this all the time. People love me. People celebrate me. People want to put me in the best seat. Not because I'm prideful, because I'm telling my subconscious, Barb, you are loved. Because my default would make me feel like I'm not. My default would make me feel rejected. Why would anybody love Barb Pruitt? That's my conscious level. But I will walk into a room and say, you know what? People want to love me. They want to celebrate me. They want to put me in the best seat. Unless I go to San Francisco. (laughs) Is that not the truth? Everybody was mean to me in San Francisco. Everybody. I, I got off the plane. This is no joke. I did not expect this, but I get off the plane, and the girls are ahead of me, I believe, or past me. I, my heart was pounding out of my chest. I couldn't breathe. The, I thought I was having a heart attack. I literally thought I was having a heart attack or a stroke of some sort. It was so powerful, and um, I finally told the girls, I'm like, I can't breathe, guys. Maybe I need to get an aspirin, chew on it. I don't know what to do, and I just started praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit, and it broke, and I knew it was a spiritual thing. I'm like, for some reason, San Francisco does not like Barb Pruitt's spirit showing up on the scene. I don't know what it was, but everywhere I went, it was like I was targeted, I was targeted, I was targeted. I'm like, I did not pray my prayer that everybody loves Barb Pruitt. I'm going to do that next time I go to San Fran. Anyway, but the the more that you think the goodness of God, amen, the easier it is to think again. The more you think that you are loved, the easier it is to think again. The more that you think you're valuable, the easier it is to think again. You have to win that battle. You have to take that over and say, this is going to be an assignment in my life. I am not going to battle this any longer. I'm going to win the battle. And how many know you can? The dominant thought becomes your driving force. Amen? Last week, we talked about the battlefield was being the mind. Most of life battles are are won or lost in the mind. So let's look quickly at 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not rage as the world does. Apostle Paul said this. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. So many of us are swinging at the air, and we're fighting in the world. We're fighting with one another. It says, on the contrary, they have, um, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What is that power? You know the word is dunamis. 
You have dunamis power to break the strongholds of your life. You have the anointing of God this week to say that destructive behavior, I'm done with it. I'm over, and I'm going to find out what God's word says on the situation. I'm going to use the power of God to break it, not my willpower, but the power of God's word, because God's word changes that thought. So if there's low self-esteem, you're not going to struggle with that. Now you'll know who you are in the image of Christ. All your decisions will be based out of that image of Christ. Amen? The enemy will know that you have taken that territory. All right, let's go on to 2 Corinthians verse 5. We demolish arguments and every imagination that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. What happens? Our wrong thoughts set themselves up. They become, what do you set up on a mantle? Something you love. Like an idol. Or a memory. You have to say, Scripture says that I don't love that thought anymore because whatever you love, you're eating the fruit of it. So Scripture says. So you have to say, I don't love that thought anymore. I don't want to eat the fruit of that thought in my life anymore. I want to eat the goodness of God's word. I want to eat the blessings and the joy of God in my life. So we demolish arguments and every imagination that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. That means you enslave it. You have to recognize the thought and you have to say, not anymore. Not anymore. You had a bad marriage. God's grace, forgiveness, and love came in it. I'm not going back there anymore. I'm not reminding them and I'm not reminding myself. I'm bringing those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ so that I am not in a self-destructive behavior anymore in my marriage or with my children, or in relationships that you have to forgive and love one another. What are strongholds? They're wrong patterns of thinking. Wires are crossed. You just got to change the wiring, amen? Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. So what are we going to do this morning really, really quick? We're going to create some ways to change your thoughts this morning. Amen. We're going to train your mind. It's not just about how you've been thinking, but what you're pouring into it. You have two choices this morning. Number one, continue to believe the wrong things, clearly your will, or two, train your mind with the truth. Those are the two options that you have. What are you putting into that subconscious part of your mind? We see in Philippians 4.8 where Paul struggled before in Corinthians. Now we see him writing in Philippians 4.8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing he's writing in his letter. He didn't say, God let me down today. He didn't say, I can't go on. Life is too hard. I quit I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. God doesn't do anything for me. You don't see that in Paul's letter, even though he was writing from a Ro Roman prison. I think if I was in prison, I wouldn't be writing hopeful letters to the church. I'd be like, y'all better be raising money and get me out of prison. Right? But he found a way to find the goodness of God. He said, I know I've been in despair and I've made wrong decisions. He said, but listen, fix your thoughts. That word fix is I'm going to decide. I'm going to settle. I'm going to fasten. I'm going to put my seatbelts on. I'm not going to think that way anymore. I'm going to fix my thoughts on what is true, 
what is honorable, what is right, what is honorable. That word honorable there means respect, worthy of yourself. How many of us truly honor ourselves? We have all these self-destructive thoughts that we're not loved and we're not good enough and I could never be successful. God says, honor yourself. That's why in purity, what are you honoring? Yourself. You're honoring your body, whether married or not married. You're honoring your body. You're honoring your eye gate to be honorable to your wife, amen? It all begins with thinking on things that are honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. There are so many good things that God wants you to think about. And how do we do that? It comes with the discipline of meditation, your thoughts don't change just because you want to. You have to meditate. It doesn't mean um, new ageism. Why does that work for new age? Because it's the word of God. You think the, you think the truth. We are not one with the universe. We are one with the word. And the word brings the truth. Amen? So that, that word def meditation means deep contemplation, a turning over and around into our mind. It's an exercise of stopping Saying and seeing what God sees and says. The Jewish people to this day, what do they do? They go to the prayer wall, they put their prayer in, and the Jewish people will have their word either on their box on their wrist or on their forehead because it's the law. But what do they do? They meditate. They daven, the Bible says. They, they, that's what that word means, they daven. They're seeing the scripture go into the prayer. They're focusing on that scripture working in their prayer. That's how you have to change your mind, renew your mind. You have to get the word of God and speak it and speak it and speak it until it produces change in your life. Psalms 119 says, I meditate on your precepts and I consider your ways. That's a powerful verse if you would just take that one and say, I'm going to take my thoughts and say, God, what do you say about this situation? What is your truth, God? Psalms 143 verse 5 says this, I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. Do you know in Eastern meditation, what they teach you to do is to empty your mind. You empty your mind of all things. You want nothing in there. But in Christian meditation, it's the opposite. You're going to fill your mind with the word of God. You're filling it with the promises of God. I'm not going somewhere and just checking out. That doesn't change me. I can feel good for a minute. I, I had a wonderful time on my trip, but I came home with the same mental battles because I have to focus the word of God, fill that into my mind, move out all the negativity, bring in the word of God, rewiring the brain, amen, filling it with the truth of God's word. I don't know how many of you love the movie ja uh, Karate Kid. The original one was always the best, but Jackie Chan, plus I always had a crush on Ralph Macchio. <laughs> but he's, Jackie Chan had this quote in this movie, and he said, your focus needs more focus. Isn't that true? Some of us just need to get focused. Why? Because when your mind drifts, what does it tend to do? It drifts to the lie. It drifts to the insecurities. It drifts to, I can't, I'll never, I won't. All these lies that are opposite than God. Amen? Okay. Believing a lie for a long time takes a while to depro deprogram that lie to truth. I'm going to give you an assignment this week. Are you guys ready for a homework assignment? And if you do it, it'll work in your life. Number one, I want you to consider 
what, is, what stronghold is holding you back? What stronghold is holding you back? There's something there that's always, there's probably a few things, but there's probably something there that's really holding back God's very best for your life. It'd be your top wrong mindset that's holding you hostage. That's what a stronghold is, right? This is where you need to identify where your wires are crossed. Why are things not changing? Why are things not moving? Where's the blessings of God, right? So the thought may be, I'll never get out of debt. That could be the, the big thought. And, and the natural, that may look like it. But you have to get the blessing scriptures. You have to find out what God's word says. Get in alignment with budgeting, right? Get the right people in your life and change that mindset that you can get out of debt. I don't even have time to go into that, but God will bless your order. Once you figure out where you're at, God will bless you to get out of it, amen? Maybe the thought is you'll always struggle with your health. I'll, I never really feel close to God. Has anybody had this thought that you just never felt happy? What a lie from the enemy to make you feel like you've never really genuinely been happy. When you can look back at your life and you could see the most beautiful, happy moments, but the lie inside of your subconscious would say, I, I've never really been happy. And you buy that as truth because your emotions say it's true. Because your mind can't remember the, the happy moments. Is that something that's holding you back? Maybe you're never going to get married. You're never going to feel loved. These are some things that you have to get a hold of. Pastor Paul's messages on Wednesdays are going to be fabulous because we're talking about gratitude. It comes right into alignment with this. Let me put this point up there. The devil has trained you with a mental pathway to deceive you with something that's not true about you. Let me say that again. The devil has trained you with a mental pathway to deceive you with something that's not true about you. We have to locate that, amen? Number two, what truth demolishes that stronghold? So find out what the stronghold is. Let this be your assignment. Number two, what does God's word say about the situation? Take a scriptural truth. Be empowered by the word of God, amen? Because the word of God works. Even scientists, science, science has shown that this changes your mind. So what are you going to do? Number one, you're going to write it down. Write it down. Don't just write a sentence. Find the truth of what you want to change and write your belief system on that. Find the word of God on it. Find the truth and begin to declare that. Now, what's next is think it. Then you're going to think what it says. Then what are you going to do? You're going to confess what it says until you believe it. Good. Habakkuk says, when you write the vision down, he, he will run with those who read it. Something like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. When it's written down, you run with the vision. If you don't know where you're just constant wrong behavior, wrong thinking, emotionally driven, all this stuff, you don't even know where you're at. Write it down. God, this is where I'm at, and this is your truth to counteract that lie. You're going to hone in where you're located. I'm going to think what God says about me. I'm going to constantly think it and think it and think it, right? I'm going to confess it, confess it until what? It's changed. And it could be a day, it could be a month, it may be six months. I don't know what the process is, but if you will stay doing this, it'll change the pathway of the conscious, which is what you want to change, so that the, or excuse me, the subconscious, so that now what's inside of you will come out of your actions. Isn't that powerful? But you have to be willing to write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Let me give you an example. 
to help you out. The first one I'm going to put up there this morning is, you're struggling to know God's will. Has anybody ever struggled with that? That's, that's my mountain. This is my declaration. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek him and daily he directs my step. I know his voice and he leads me to his perfect will. I don't know what God's doing in my life. My life belongs to God. I don't know why I'm not married yet. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek him and daily he directs my step. Is my business going to be successful or am I going to fail? My life belongs to God. Do you see the power of confessing what God says about the situation? This is what I'm struggling with, and this is God's truth. Some scripture verse says, you're a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your sheep know your voice and no other will they follow. Give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say. This is taking the lie, replacing it with the truth. And when you know the truth, the truth sets you free. You don't want to go down that path again? Confess the word of God until it changes you. Let's look at the next one. I only have a couple. Lack of confidence. Such a huge thing today with social media. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone because his spirit lives within me and I can do everything he calls me to do. God, I feel like a failure. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone. Lord, I've already failed again. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone. You just got in a fight with someone. My confidence is with Christ and Christ alone. If you want to win this battle, you have to be intentional to change how you think and how you feel. Does it change overnight? Because his spirit lives in me and I can do everything he's called me to do. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Favor surrounds me as with a shield all around me. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and I'm not beneath. You are bringing those thoughts captive to the obedience of God's word. Fighting lustful thoughts. I am not a slave to lustful thoughts because God has purified my mind. I will honor him with my eyes and my thoughts. My God is faithful. Even when I'm tempted, he will always give me a way out. Isn't that powerful? Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. I ran out of time. <laughs> I want to make this declaration over you. If we could get some music, please. Titus, put that, put that QR code up. Last week I tried to get at this and uh, technology didn't work for me. I wrote a confession book. It's not in print right now, but I rewrote scriptures in um, first person so that you can literally just declare the word of God. I made it super easy for you. I think it's $2.99 on Amazon. I tried to get it for free. We couldn't work it out. But I have confessions in there on your beauty and worth. Praying for your wife, praying for your husband, prayers for healing, overcoming anger, favor, the blessings of God, praying for your church, praying for your pastor, pray the power of this, the power scriptures, controlling my emotions and the battle of the mind. I, I, I wrote them all in first person. They're all in there. But I just want to declare, and then I'm going to speak some things over your life. 
The one on worry says, I do not allow the worries of this world or the deceitfulness of riches or the lust of other things to enter my heart or choke the word. I am determined to bear much fruit. I hearken unto the word of the Lord my God. All the blessings of the word come on me and they overtake me. I am a believer. All things are possible to me. The Holy Spirit comes to my aid and he bears me up in my weaknesses when I don't know how to pray as I ought. He intercedes on my behalf according to the will of God. All the promises of God, they're yes and they're amen. The blessings of Abraham come upon me through Jesus Christ. I receive the promises of the Spirit through faith. I am the heir of the promises. In the presence of God, there are glory and honor and strength and gladness. I am blessed when I come in. I'm blessed when I go out. I have received God's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness. Therefore, I reign in life as a king through Jesus Christ. I resist the devil and he will flee from me. He will not devour me because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. This is the power of God's word. Deals with anger and so many things. But I want you to stand to your feet and I want to challenge you this week to take the word of God in. Devour God's word and promises over your life because he has his very best for you. And I'm gonna speak this scripture over you right now, these declarations. You are strong and you are mighty. Just receive this today. You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling on the inside of you. You are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. You are not your past. You are not what you did. You are who God says that you are. He says you are forgiven. He says you are redeemed. And he says you are free. You are not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight with are not the weapons of this world. You have divine power to demolish those strongholds. You have the mind of Christ directing every one of your thoughts. And you have the word of God guiding every one of your steps. Worry will no longer be your master. Your trust will be in God. His peace guides your heart. His peace will guide your mind and guard your soul in Christ Jesus. Your God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. The Lord is your helper you have no need to be afraid. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to any addiction. You have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. And Father, I just declare your word to wash over all of them right now. As your word says, your word is like a, a cleansing water over their soul. Wash them with the water of your word. Let your word be their charge this week. Let your word be their anthem. Let your word be the final authority that, God, we will step out of our emotions and our wrong thinking and we will step into the power of your word today. And we thank you, Father. I want to give everyone to have the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life today. And maybe you're away from the Lord. Maybe there's some things the Holy Spirit checked you on, his beautiful conviction. Just release that to the Lord today between you and the Father. Lord knows things that you need to repent of. If he's troubling your heart, repent of it. Get it under the blood of Jesus. Amen? Renew that thing. 
and walk in the freedom of God. I want everyone to say this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you, forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart, my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Love and appreciate you all. Listen, Wednesday night, we doubled in attendance. So Wednesday nights are fire. So come on out on Wednesday night. I love you all. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.